Hello, welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing at 1.30 a.m. on Monday morning. Just got back from the Footprint Center here in Phoenix, where I uh, covered the Clippers and Suns game one. Mildly interesting. Joining us from New York City, where he was back from Philadelphia. He was in Philadelphia for game one of the Nets 76ers on Saturday is Tim Bontemps. Here's your 10 second update uh, that are all you need to know on the Nuggets Wolves game. The Nuggets are going to win the series, probably in five. The end. I did not see one second of the game. Well, that's why I said there's your 10 second update and then we don't need to talk anymore about that game. All right. Well, I heard there was there was there was fisticuffs or something. So I don't I didn't see it, though. Um, joining us from Memphis, Tennessee, a little, little, probably melancholy Memphis, Tennessee, unless you're a Laker fan after seeing the Lakers, um, Austin Reeves dominated. I'm him. Lakers mm. is Ben McMahon. Howdy partners. I will give one other brief update on, uh, Nuggets, Timberwolves, significant progress for the Timberwolves. Kyle Anderson is having dust-ups with the other team now, not his own teammates. So. <laughs> okay. I don't get the joke, but it's still funny because I don't know what happened. So, little little um, uh, post-whistle elbow toward rookie Christian Brown and, you know, just a not a full-blown brouhaha, but, you know, just a little, oh, oh, break it up, break it up, break it up. What about, was there Donnie Brook action? No, 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 because uh, Dylan Brooks was – here firing up ill-advised pull-up threes today and um donovan mitchell was in cleveland hoping to finally figure out a way to beat jalen brunson in a uh a playoff game actually he's done it twice only but he's tried seven times well we had an interesting day for the knickerbockers probably one of the better days the knickerbockers have had since 1973 Hmm. is that a stretch Um, yes how many yes that's that's an incredibly dramatic stretch what are you talking about they, really? they, the Ewing years, I mean, they, 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 they good, won dozens of playoff series or not dozens, okay. but they I'm, won dozens I'm of making, playoff games in the nineties. No, I Come gotcha. On. Did Come not on. a lot of things happen very positively for the New York Knicks today, potentially. I not, I don't, wouldn't say that are really. No. Giannis's lower back contusion. Is that where we're going here? What, 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 Tyler Hero broke his hand. Giannis hurt his back. They're up one Oh on the Cavs. So well, hold on. This is a full blown. I, I, I guess they didn't win the game today. So I'll take a step back. This is a very. Okay. It's a very bizarre. This is hold a very on. bizarre start to a hold pod. On, no, no, no. Wendy is a full blown coastal bias ESPN dude. Now. <laughs> He's got Knicks versus certainly, Lakers. He certainly is. <laughs> oh my god! I see what's happening here. Well, I was making. I was being facetious, but it was a good day for the Knicks potentially. Um, Do you know what I like? You, about you guys are just in. You guys are just in a little bit of a difficult situation because when I said the Lakers had a top six roster in the Western Conference, I was lambasted. As a, as a, well, if the Lakers continue to play teams missing three of their top seven players, they're going to roll right to the championship. They're going to roll right, right. along. That'd be good. Let's let's <laughs> let's start with the game I was just at. Suns and Clippers. Clippers take game one. Guys, my memory isn't what it used to be, mm-hmm. but I can't say I've seen too many games like Russell Westbrook had on Sunday night. Wow. Uh, I was flabbergasted about four different times in the fourth quarter alone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was mildly surprised, not hugely surprised, but I was mildly surprised that Ty Lue put Russell Westbrook back in the game. Um, it was not the best played game. Uh, the Suns came out very flat, which probably is related to the fact that they didn't play their guys at all the last two games and didn't have a game of consequence for like almost two weeks. Um, and, you know, out of all the teams in the West that were fighting, the Suns, you know, were kind of locked into the th- four. They came out very flat. Monty Williams made a number of odd coaching decisions. He oh. changed his starting lineup, although he, he put Torrey Craig in. But I have to say, Torrey Craig played really well. I don't think you're going to get a better Torrey Craig game. So the, um, the people here in Phoenix seem to be very focused on that decision. I was not. Uh, maybe I'm missing it. Um, I was stunned that twice he played lineups. First off, he played 11 guys. Mm-hmm. You don't play 11 guys in the playoffs unless you are playing garbage time. Uh, and twice he had lineups where he had four bench players and Devin Booker out there Ooh. and their bench isn't good. And the, the, the Clippers bench is good. And they got trucked in those minutes. Um, and then down the stretch of the game, uh, they kept running Aiton, uh, Chris Paul pick and rolls, which is fine if the point of the pick and roll is to force the ball over to Duran or Booker. But the ball never went to Duran or Booker. Like, like they kept giving shots to DeAndre Ayton. And it's one thing if a team was like triple teaming Durant, but Durant never saw the ball to get double teamed. Yes. Kevin Durant took one shot in the final nine minutes of the game, the three he made with about a minute and 30 seconds to go. Yeah. I will say that the, the Suns scored 29 points in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like they weren't scoring, but it was not great, Bob. Yeah. I would say if you give up five, uh, four draft picks and, you know, two core players for a guy, um, you might want to let him touch the ball with a playoff game on the line a little bit. That That's just my advice in, in that situation. Um, I would say if the ball's not running through Kevin Durant during crunch time, then you need to figure out a way to get it running through his hands because, like, what, what's the point of having him if that's the way you want to play? I, that's weird. Uh, definitely, like, the 11-man rotation, like, listen. Well, but – Pick pick eight guys. Uh, I, four of them were givens. Find four others. But like this, this ain't well, here, this ain't JV tryout time. Well, here's the thing: we've been talking for weeks about how the Suns have no depth and how it's going to be a problem. And you keep you guys keep talking about eleven guys. He played six guys, twenty four minutes or more, and then he played another five guys between four and eight minutes. That's a sign of a guy who has no faith in his bench and is scrambling to find something mm-hmm. he thinks he can play. Tried bit he tried played Bismarck Biombo in the first half, tried Jock Lando on the second half, played Brian's favorite bench player ish Wainwright a few minutes. He tried Terrence Ross for a couple minutes. <laughs> Guys, this, this, this was a play I, I don't want to focus on their rotation right no, now. No, but, I mean, but it's not it's not true, focusing but... on their rotation. It's this is the fundamental problem the Suns have. They don't have enough players. They might end up winning anyway because their top end players are great. But that's why they played 11 guys. He doesn't trust any of these guys. Well, anyway, Durant Durant did not score in the first quarter and did not score in the third quarter. Not ideal. Yeah. Okay. That's my analysis there. All right. So, but hold meanwhile, on. Let's get to Russ. Russ well, somehow. I, I am. I am. Yes. Good, good man. Okay, okay. So, I'm just saying all that's going yeah. on. Kind sir. They, they take Russ out of the game. They. Ty takes Russ out of the game. 
With four minutes to go in the third quarter, the Suns are up seven. They are totally got the momentum for the game. Um, it looks like they've woken up. The, 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 it was great environment in Phoenix. You know, it's an older arena, so it's a smaller arena. The footprint is small. How about that? Wink, wink. Oh, wow. Um, you are terrific, terrific environment. Um, you know, uh, Russ fired people up by going through a club, which I'm going to tell you about in a second mm. at halftime. Um, I love when he has club coverage for us. <laughs> I was in the club tonight. I can't speak for anybody else. Like Fiddy um, said. <laughs> Fiddy was there. Um, so anyway, um, I thought there was a good chance that Russ wasn't coming back because after he took him out of the game, the Suns went from up seven to down four. The And a part of it was who Monty was playing. Mm-hmm. Again, he had Booker out there with four bench players. Um, part of it was Kawhi in part of that stretch got really hot because Kawhi's awesome and he was awesome. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I was like, this is going great. Like they're not going to bring Russ back because at that point, Russ was, um, he was three of 16 shooting. And I believe at that moment he was a minus like 15, 14 or 15. Okay. Um, in addition to him being three of 16, several of the misses that he had were almost like turnovers because they led to fast breaks for the Suns. The Suns got back into the game basically by playing fast breaks. So imagine my surprise when Russ came to the scores table and checked in for Kawhi. (laughs) I was like, wow. And so like I went down to the Clippers locker room after the game, started to ask some people like, you know, like decision-making type folks, like, did you think Russ was coming back in? And know Ty, Ty obviously said, of course he was coming back in when he, right. you know, and they were like, no, we, you know, we believe in him. And I mean, like their actions, actions over words, guys. I mean, their actions, they believe in Russell Westbrook. It's, 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 inc- it, we, I was wrong. I, I don't even know well, if I, I guess and, I was wrong. And even more so now than they did when he checked back in the game uh, down the stretch, because the dude had a three of 19 night and somehow came through that's, as one of the heroes of the that's game. That's the thing. That's the thing, guys. He missed three more shots. He had a horrifying turnover where he threw the ball away that almost allowed the Suns to take basically position at the end of the game. Coming out of it, coming out of a a user lose a timeout, he flings the ball out of bounds, threw it five feet away from Kawhi, coming out of that timeout. Yeah. By the way, the reason the reason Kawhi and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to all of Russ's antics at the end of the game. The reason why Russ was able to be a hero at the end of the game was Kawhi Leonard was by far the best player on the court. Oh. And if you want to talk about like I, I the Clippers have long odds in this series, especially after Woj reported today that Paul George is unlikely to play in this series. Um, but their chance to win this series comes down to the fact that that guy has the ability to be the best player on the court. When Kevin Durant is playing mm-hmm. and he was unbelievable in this game today. It was a vintage, vintage Kawhi. And it was a reminder of why the Clippers did everything they did to get this guy in the first place. Cause he was incredible in this game. Yeah. He, he not only, not only did he have 38 and just make a ton of Kawhi classic Kawhi mid range shots, jump stops, you know, escape dribbles, 17 footers in traffic. 
he and two huge three three pointers in the fourth quarter to help the Clippers get leverage. He was guarding Durant down the stretch. Well, you want to talk about why Durant wasn't getting the ball? I mean, he essentially Deion Sanders him out of the game. I think. I think the Suns just went four on four with the other guys, which I mean, I would be giving Durant the ball to be clear, but right. Well, Kawhi that, I mean, is great, but there are things you can do to get Kawhi. I'm. Off I agree. Of for I'm not. Split second to get him. I'm the not ball. trying. I'm not trying to say that was the right call, but you look at how the game played out. Like, it's kind of hard to think it was anything else. Really, it was like, hey, mm-hmm. we're not going to go at him. Wow. So, Westbrook, like he gets the ball. I think the possession started with 28 seconds left. And they had 14 on the clock because they had uh, they had gotten offensive. Uh, they were, they had gotten the well, two Westbrook offensive just, rebounds. Yeah, Westbrook had just created two whole possessions. Right. Westbrook, and the thing I want to say some about Westbrook. It appeared to me, and I'm not um, an expert on you know X's and O's. I think everybody will agree. The strategy that the Clippers were using, they when they were sort of sending Westbrook to to blindside Durant on double teams. So when Durant would come off of a screen and he would go to the side, which is like where he likes to go down the wing, um, they were having Westbrook trail him. Uh, And several times, like as Durant would start moves, Westbrook would come from behind and knock the ball out. It was interesting defensive strategy, which Ty Lue is known for good strategies. And Westbrook was being very effective. Westbrook's hands were all over the ball throughout the game. And I think part of the reason why they put Westbrook back in, despite the team playing well, is they wanted that defensive tool because Westbrook is very few people are able to cover ground like Westbrook. When you look at the other options that the Clippers have, like Eric Gordon's not going to be able to do that as effectively. Uh, what what about Bones Highland? You're not putting Bones in for some defensive? Uh, well, I'm not sure that Bones needed to be in the game at the end. Uh well, then they but, were running him. They were running to your point. They were running Russ and Terrence Mann out there, right? Like that. Those guys were flying yeah. around wreaking havoc. Terrence Mann did an excellent job in this game, uh, especially giving Chris Paul problems with ball pressure. Um, but that's not for right now. <laughs> so I understand why Ty, I kind of understand why Ty put it back there. But so the possession started with 28 seconds left. They had a timeout. The ball was obviously supposed to go to Kawhi. They face guarded him which again is common. They couldn't get the ball to Kawhi. So Russ decided he's going to take the ball into his hands and go to the basket. Yeah, KD was all over him. He played great defense. Guys, he's three of 19. And he's like, gents, I'm going in. And he's got Devin Booker on him. By the way, Devin Booker played one of the best defensive games I've ever seen him play. I don't have the stats right in front of me. That would be professional. But he had like four blocks. He had four, he had four, four blocks. And three, he had three blocks and four steals in 43 minutes and made several other ridiculous plays. Yeah, he had, he took at least, well, at least one charge I can remember. Um, and Russ got fouled and made both free throws. Made them both. <laughs> and then the Suns had two timeouts left. So they were, so that, that turned into a, from a one to a three point game. The Suns had two timeouts left and um, could have played the the foul the steel foul game because they could have tried for two then um you know fouled tried to get a steal foul and then still have their last time out to advance the ball after the if the clippers went to the foul line and you know got it back up by three or two they couldn't get the ball in bounds so they had to call their last time out now they're in a position where they have to kind of go for a three or if they go for a two it's got to be quick the ball went to Booker 
Booker decided to go to the basket and Russ. I mean, I think they credited Russ with the block. He had three blocks. So they credit him with the block. Mm-hmm. He blocked the ball. He was Booker was trying to scoop it near the rim. He did look like he hit him on the wrist, but I mean, Booker was not in good position to score there. I'm not going to obsess about the call. Um, and then after the ball went loose, Westbrook took the ball and threw it off Booker out of bounds to basically end the game with the two brilliant defensive plays in the split second. And my jaw was wide open. I've just never seen that type of performance. It was an incredible performance by him at the end. I mean, it was like for every good play he made, he made one and a half bad plays, but like aggregated together with the greatness of Kawhi, they're up one. Oh, um, it was the best three of 19 performance I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Uh, Seriously, though, the guy helped them win the game. Say what time. you want. He helped them win the game. He was critical to the Clippers closing out a road game one victory. You can say whatever you want, but that is yep. a fact. No question. All right. Meanwhile, you may have seen a video on social media of Russell screaming at a fan. Uh, or shouldn't say screaming. He was not screaming. The fan was kind of yelling at him, and Russell was basically challenging the fan back. They were having a heated back and forth. And Russell was in a club wearing his uniform. And you may say, how and when did that happen? He also was holding his his uniform up, like his his jersey was half off, making it like you wonder when that happened. Um, so... <laughs> It's just another thing that has happened on in, a, in, a, in a, an eventful night. There is a club right behind the Clippers bench. There's also one on the other side of the arena, but right behind the Clippers bench, there is a courtside club where courtside season ticket holders or ticket holders can go in before, during, and after the game. And it's got, you know, all the stuff you see in other nice types of environments, several bars, playing music, seating areas you know, food, drink, what have you. And right on the other side of that club, there is a door that leads to the Clippers locker room, which, as you can imagine, is secured and with guards, at least a guard. Um, And during the pandemic, when the fans were empty, or even even when fans started to come back in and that club wasn't open, it's a shortcut to go right from the locker room. You go right through the club and you can get right to the bench. You can get from the Clippers locker room to the bench through the club in like 29 seconds, give or take. And if you walk around to the, to the standard Russ player, tunnel, quick. I bet he can do it in 27. I'll bet he can do it faster than me. How about that? Um, if you go around the, the, the way you're supposed to go and you sort of go through the bowels of the arena and come back out the main tunnel, it probably takes an additional 45 seconds to a minute. Mm. So, but the players all knew this shortcut because during the pandemic, whenever they came to Phoenix, they just would use it because the club was closed and the players have continued to use it. And they typically use it coming out of halftime when they kind of trickle out one by one. And so the security guards there have become a little lax and a Clipper security guard went with Russ into the club to make sure everything was fine. And people said stuff to him and he said stuff back. So, uh, and I felt bad for the little, it was like what, maybe like an eight or 10 year old kid there 
whose father or whoever was with them was getting into it with Ross. I felt bad for that kid. Um, but that also happened. So I suspect that for game two, that may be removed as a shortcut option. Listen, for can I say players. something? West Brick is a, an acceptable taunt. There's no <laughs> profanity. I'm sorry. There's no profanity. It's not, uh, there's no kind of like, um, you know, misogyny or, I mean, like it's an acceptable, silly taunt of a playoff of a guy's name. Russ cannot want to, he cannot try to fight fans for calling him Westbrook, especially in a game that he's three of 19. By the way, I just looked it up just out of curiosity. There's been now 22 games in NBA playoff history where a guy has shot three of 19 or worse from the field. Russell Westbrook has done it twice and is two and zero in those games. What are, what's everybody else? Uh, looks like uh, nine and thirteen. Nine oh. and yeah, yeah, nine Not and thirteen. Uh, oh, uh, Stats and Info actually looked it up. I think it was actually Stats Williams looked it up for Ohm because it happened for Russ when he was with the Wizards against the yes, um, seventy six triple double. I wondered if that was. A game after, remember Embiid got hurt in that series? I wonder if that was after Embiid got hurt or the night that Embiid got hurt. Um, but Russ said, hey, three of, nine, three, and three of 19 must be my lucky number. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get up 19 again next game. It was the game Embiid got hurt in. Okay, I remember that being a particularly bad night for the Sixers, and there's another mm-hmm. proof of it. Mm-hmm. So what, what are their records? Um, Here's the quote Jackson said. I don't know, but I guess it's a secret number. We won both games. So bleep. If it works, then hey, I'll go for that. Yeah. He's just makes sense. He's just that type of guy that he might go for it. Like if he's if he's three of 15 in game two, I'm like, wait a minute, I need to miss my next four to set this up. <laughs> I'm at 35 feet. Let me pull here's, up. Here. Here's, a, here's what we know. He ain't gonna stop shooting, no matter what his percentages are. That much is that much is for certain. Well, and this is what Ty Lu basically said. He said. This is not a direct quote, but he basically said, if if he doesn't make his shots, okay, it's not great, but we'll live with that. I'm going to keep playing him. He's not missing his shots as long as he's playing his ass off on defense and and hustling and doing like that. That we you know we'll live with him missing shots. We won't live with him not playing full power. And I will. He did play full power, and the Suns didn't. The Suns were lethargic coming out in this game, and you know. I'm not going to say that in, in a game that comes down to the, the last minute that, you know, how hard you may run around a screen in the first quarter matters, but it did seem to make a difference the way Russell Russell was playing. Um, so, all right, the Westbrook situation is fascinating. What I'm going to tell you is, guys, I think this could possibly be the stage being set for a pretty spectacular series in between Kawhi and, Ky- and um, KD. Mm-hmm. Because if Durant and Kawhi are going to guard each other, the, the volume that they did in this game, and they're going to play like this because Durant didn't have a great game. He still had 27. And, but Kawhi was spectacular, and he, he played, I think, all but like two minutes of the second half, which Ty Lue has been getting him ready for. They've been amping and amping and amping up his minutes. He never looked tired to me. Um, you know, I, I I saw Kawhi play when he first came back from his injury. Um, he'd been back maybe a week or two in January, and I didn't think that he looked 
very good. And I said so on television. I said, I just mm-hmm. don't think he looks right to me, even though he'd had some good games. Like I watched him move and, in, you know, just my personal opinion, he didn't look right to me, for which people thought I was crazy because he was putting up good games or had put up a couple of good games. Well, let me tell you, I know this is not a hot take. He sure as heck looks right to me now. He I looks he looked pretty good today. Full, I mean, he, the way he was able to get to his spots and get the lift, because that was the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he, when he moved within the half-court offense earlier this year, I didn't think he had the burst to get to his spots. Well, there was I talk he that just, he'd bulked up too much, that he had gotten, not from a like uh, out-of-shape standpoint, that just that he had gotten too thick in his lower, lower body. There was concern about that early in the season. Well, you could be 100% right. I don't know, but I'm just telling you, seeing him in person, of course I've watched him on TV. He doesn't play for the Nuggets or the Thunder, so I've watched him on TV, mm. and he's looked really good, um, or the Wolves. Um, Anybody but, else? Let's see what happens next year. Who knows? Maybe they'll decide I'm too close to Chicago. Um, he looked light on his feet and got to his spots. And I thought Torrey Craig, who defended him primarily when Durant wasn't on him, I thought Torrey Craig did okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, looking forward in this series, um, the Suns have more top-end talent with Paul George out. It's kind of reminiscent to me of the way the Knicks-Cavs series looks right now. Um, I don't want to imply that uh, there's a KD or a uh, uh, or a, a, a um, Kawhi in that series, but the Cavs' top-end guys are probably in aggregate a little bit more there, and, that's, and the bench for for the Knicks is so much stronger and it made a huge difference in game one. And by the way, if you're a Cavs fan, I'm sure you were not thrilled, not necessarily that you weren't thrilled for Kevin Love for scoring 18 points in Miami's win, but might've been a little aggravating that your bench couldn't do anything. And Mm. the guy who was on your bench, who you still paid up until last week, uh, just scored 18 today, but it kind of reminds me of that. And so I will say that I think the Suns will be more organized. Monty will have a better game plan, um, but they're going to need, because Chris Paul, like he, he was two of nine. He looked a little hesitant on some shots. DeAndre Ayton took more shots in this game than Kevin Durant. That's got to get fixed because otherwise you're leaving the door open for the Clippers and the Clippers um, felt pretty good about themselves, obviously, after tonight. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. 
another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I don't know if you have anything else to say about this game. We'll move on to... I mean, the only difference between this and Knicks-Cavs is the, the Clippers might have the best player in the series, which the Knicks do not. Yeah. Although Brunson was pretty impressive. Brunson, Brunson was great, but Kawhi was flat million out. million bargain. Kawhi's got Kawhi is one of the few guys on the planet who has the ability to just be better than Kevin Durant. And that's that could be enough for the Clippers to to steal this thing. If he could play like this for another six games. I'm not saying he will. I think the Suns well, are going to win the series, but he's good enough to do that. And I mean, I mean, that would he was just unbelievable today. I mean, that was peak prime Kawhi in every way. <laughs> Man, it, it's hurtful to the Suns to get a 21 or 22 point game from Torrey Craig and not win it. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, okay. Uh, I watched a LeBron James game today. High leverage. Have you done that before? High pressure, high, relatively high stakes. I mean, it was game one. Yeah. Important, meaningful game. 50-50, could have gone either way. And I watched McMahon, LeBron James, basically not touch the ball for the last six minutes of the game. Defer, I, I would say. Defer. And smartly, yes. apparently. Listen, Rui and Rui Hachimura had it going all day, and Austin Reeves took him home. And uh, if you have two Lakers role players that are going to dominate the fourth quarter in Memphis, then the Grizzlies have some serious problems. And obviously the Grizzlies have a serious problem of their superstar is hurt, and we'll, we'll get into all that. But look, Austin Reeves, at this point, we can say like the, the Lakers expect him to play really well on a consistent basis. He's been a massive part of this second half uh, surge for them that has you predicting 17 straight postseason wins in a parade down <laughs> in LA. Uh, Rui Hachimura didn't see that. You can't one get coming. to 17 if you don't start with two. There you go. Uh, Rui Hachimura was, was look. That was a big surprise. The Grizzlies. Oh, you, you don't. You don't say. You don't say <laughs> him having the, the greatest shooting game of his entire career was a surprise. Well, and and Desmond Bain flat out said, basically said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, basically said, "Hey, our game plan was to make him hit shots. He did. Tip your cap. It's the best game of his career. Uh, it's a seven game series. Let's see him do it again on Wednesday." But yeah, it, it was a big adjustment because sure. because Vanderbilt does a lot of things well, but if Jaron Jackson Jr. can guard Vanderbilt. Like Vanderbilt's not going to get hot from three, right? The 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 Grizzlies are going to be happy with Jackson clogging things up, roaming off of Vanderbilt, and basically saying, "Cool, like Vanderbilt wants to fire a bunch of threes, fine." And they were fine with Hatchmura doing that too, but they got burnt. Rui absolutely torched them, and you know the game one twenty eight one twelve. It was a close game. The the Lakers closed. Yeah, no, the yeah, line it, it, got, a, it got out of control at the end. Yeah, it turned into a Lakers layup line and 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 dunk contest at the end. But 
I, I did think AD was awesome today, especially on the defensive end. Seven for blocks, sure. like uh, Cordonarius being stats and info people. Grizzlies were four of 19 trying to shoot over him. He was awesome. The the, uh, the Memphis fans were insane that he wasn't getting called for fouls. They thought, yeah. you know, he they did they, they did let him play a little bit. I, well, look, they, this, it was a it was a what it was. Yeah, I mean, look, it was sort of the same thing as as the game Tuesday, right? Like he he was really physical. He could have been called for some more fouls against the Wolves. He wasn't. He could have been called for some more fouls today. He wasn't. But look, that the path set aside the jaw thing. The path to the Lakers winning this series was that AD was the best player on the court and was going to be dominant inside. And he was the best player on the court and he was dominant inside. Like or he, he plays was, like that, they're going to be in good shape. Yeah, or he was the third best player on the court and and, and number 1 and 2 were freaking Well, he was he was the, <laughs> he was Hatchimura. the best player. He was the best player on the court. I mean, look, no, really No, I know. A hyperbolic I know. No, I know. I mean, look, the late I thought the Grizzlies game plan was very sound. Rui Hachimura had hit as many as four threes in a game in his career once. He played 215 career games. So letting him shoot the ball like that, he shot 29% from three this year with the Lakers. He's not a very good shooter. If he mm-hmm. hits five threes every game, so be it. 17 like, wins in a row. Yeah, it's already been established. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's already been it's already they been. They will win every time he hits five threes. I'll, I'll bet that, that. Yes, <laughs> I would say, I would say so too. But look. AD AD was the story to me. He was that he mm-hmm. was dominant and like in the game on Tuesday, part of the reason the Wolves completely fell apart late in the game was Kyle Anderson and those guys would get in the lane and have the ball and be like, "Oh my god, AD is going to block it off my face and be scared to shoot it." Memphis had the same problem. For some reason the Grizzlies kept isolating against AD and trying to score. Santi Aldama, that Desmond Bain. It looked like Bain, their game plan. They it came out very, trying to do it. I don't know if they were trying to get him in foul trouble or what. It, it was weird um, that they kept doing that. But, yeah, I mean, if, if he's playing like that with that kind of force, the Lakers could be a pretty damn good team. I, well, I got to say especially, this. Especially with no Steven Adams out there, the, there's a massive, massive rebounding disadvantage for Memphis. Yep. And Brandon Clark, too. Both those guys were really missed. Okay. AD. But LeBron's plus minus. LeBron had 21 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. That's a good game. Mm-hmm. On his, on the LeBron playoff scale, it's about a five. See? Yeah. Yeah. He was plus seven. That's good. Road game. Mm-hmm. Number seven seed. You love that. 34 minutes, you know. AD was plus 27. Well, yeah, I, again, I would, we should AD probably cut that off at like the two minute mark. Cause he was probably like okay, plus 12. And even okay, still, no, no, no. He I'm saying he was, he was dominant. I, to me, the most interesting number there is LeBron 34 minutes. He looked tired. I thought, which was interesting given the well, amount of time. He does they had have off. Dylan Brooks all up in his grill. Some kind of, you know, being physical. That's I'm sure not fun to deal with. No, I agree. Defensively, like not just seven blocks. I mentioned the shooting numbers against him, three steals. And so there was a scare with a minute 15 left. He had some kind of weird like collision with Jaron Jackson Jr. under the basket. And he comes up and you're like, oh, did he just separate his shoulder? Did he dislocate it? Is it a stinger? What's going on? Obviously, he could be seen very arm. I, was I say, can't move my arm, he said. It yeah. was very clear on the broadcast that he said Right, that. he's holding his shoulder. He's, he says, hey, I can't move my arm. He, you know, goes over, they check him out for a second, 
and then he goes to the locker room. That's a, with a minute 15 left. So then it's like, is this dude coming back after halftime? Like, what's going on? Obviously, he came back. There was a play early in the uh, in the third quarter where he uses his right hand, gets a strip. They get out in transition, and he finishes with like a monster dunk. You know, like, all right, I, I, I think AD is okay. And then, uh, obviously, things went well from there. And then, look. Maybe maybe things are different if Ja finishes the game. Ja yeah, I was gonna say. Game, I was though. gonna say we should probably talk about that. We've got. Yeah, okay. Ja wasn't great in this game. So McMahon, and, let me ask you this: Has Ja? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I must be just derelict if this is true, because I just didn't know. Has Ja been wearing that tape job on his right hand? So here's the deal: he did he he hurt his hand in the second to last game of the regular season. Hurt it in a blowout win over the Bucks JV team. And then he sat out the last game, which was planned anyways. They listed him, I think, with a right-hand contusion. He had, like, not just a wrap. It looked like a freaking boxing glove on his hand for that game. But then he'd been practicing. He wasn't on the injury report, right? Taylor Jenkins said before the game, no limitations on Ja. You know, he's been practicing full go. Everything's cool. So this is the first game that he played with, you know, a, a – a tape job, I it was a pretty light tape job, but a noticeable tape job on his right hand. And then obviously he goes up, um, you know, good good play by by AD to take the charge. Nasty fall because Jaw was trying to you know just put him on a highlight reel. Um, and then the fall was weird because he like broke his fall with his right hand, but then his yeah, hand got like. Twisted underneath. Essentially landed, yeah, essentially landed on his hand being folded down. Right. And so you're thinking, and then he lays down for a little while, then he gets up and he's screaming as he runs off. That was the right concern, hand. was he yeah. screaming. Right. And he ran, he didn't like, it wasn't like, let me go get this looked at. He ran right by the bench into the tunnel, into the locker room. Um, well, by and by the way, before you continue, it's not AD's fault that he took this charge. It's an awful play. The The NBA yeah. needs to get rid of this play. Like, I'm sorry. There's zero reason to have a play in the books where Anthony Davis, who's a foot taller than John Morant, can stand and go under him and draw a charge right. instead of going up and blocking his shot. Nobody wants like, to watch charges and they only lead injuries. That, right. No. Like, and it's, it's not his fault that Ja got hurt. But yeah. it, it's the rules' fault that that play even happened. Because if that Expand rule is in place, area. yeah, do something. Well, just don't just don't have that slide in charge call. There's no reason for that call to exist in the first half. Ja went up and actually caused a travel on Rui because he went up and contested his shot, and Rui mm-hmm. thought he was going to get blocked. And literally came down with it. We could see more plays like that and less plays where you have guys coming in and undercutting guys and putting them in a position where they're going to get hurt. And now one of the best players in the league, you know, who I don't know how long he's going to be out, but you know, now he's not playing in the series. And again, to be a thousand percent clear, it's not, I'm not blaming AD for anything. That was a good play that he made, but it, it's just an unnecessary play to be in the game. So let's get rid of it. Well, when so, he, came, he came back out, I don't know if you could, you were, you were, you had great seats with man, but you couldn't see his face like we did on TV. Mm-hmm he he did not his face showed someone in anguish i'm not uh, saying i mean that know, did not was, change post game that did not change yeah. post game so he comes back out he's got a 
a pretty extensive uh, black wrap. They basically retaped it, rewrapped it. Uh, Taylor Jenkins was told only in case of emergency, which is like well, he came back out with four minutes left. I mean, you're down. It's kind of an emergency. <laughs> so clearly he wasn't really available to play. He didn't play. And the Lakers kind of put it away. Ja went back in the locker room before the game was over. Uh, the media goes in the locker room, and Ja is basically sitting in front of his locker. He's still got his, uh, you know, his his tights on, but like just sitting, just with his his tights on, and he's like talking on the phone, but he's got his right arm kind of dangling to the side was he talking to lebron james of hands i don't know they're looking for him i'm sure maybe the john moran of hands but um he's only using his left hand to talk on the phone and to like then to like to text or scroll on his phone and then you know as he's putting his towel on he's only using his left hand he goes he takes a shot he comes back very very oh he went he did a little uh meditation thing he, he, you know, put his put his headphones on. Only used his left hand though to put his headphones on. Did the meditation, sprawled out. Goes and takes a shower. Comes back. Only using the left hand to get dressed. Oh no, his socks are balled up. He's got to toss him to the grizzly security guy to get some help because he can only use his left hand. That's not that's worrisome. But did everybody see that he could only use his left hand? Here, can you help me with these socks? Uh, put on his. So, it's, so you, you think he's performing? You think it's legitimately? He, he, you know. I don't know. He, I'm just telling you what happened. Then he, okay. he put on his MBNO sweats, uh, the, the clothing brand by his buddy, Devontae Pack, who's not allowed to go to Grizzlies games. Um, my brother's no others. Put his sweats on. Only used his left hand. You know, I mean, and then he says, I'm in a, you know, basically, uh, I'm in a good bit of pain, he said. And Ja was like, he was visibly downtrodden and then if you didn't get it from his body language like he let you know tough man especially with everything i've been through pretty much this season my main focus was to be out there for my guys another incident where that's pretty much in jeopardy so like game two he made it very clear like i don't know they said i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot um but you know he's he's talking about if you know if i can't help him i'm not gonna be out there but he's like bringing up, uh, he says, at this point, I'm not even surprised with how my life's been going. Like bringing up all the stuff that's Whoa. happened this season. I don't know, man. I'm just pretty much numbed everything now. It's like I'm not even surprised. It's one thing after another. So Ja was very much in his feels, uh, very much expressing doubt about his availability for game two. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was asked about uh you know, just this kind of tough run of luck for the Grizzlies in general. And Jaw expressing doubt about being able to play in game two. And he had an interesting comment. That's just stuff that he's telling y'all. At the end of the day, he feels fine. He feels fine. He'll push through anything. He's just going to tell y'all something good. So I don't know if Jaron was downplaying or I don't know what he was doing there. I will say Jaron played great, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we came we came into the series talking about how the Grizzlies need to be disciplined, right? Jaron on defense in particular and Dylan Brooks on offense. Dylan Brooks was not disciplined on offense. He was terrible, as he mm-hmm. often is. And Jaron Jackson played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. He was completely disciplined on the, on the defensive end. He didn't commit stupid fouls. He was well, good attacking, of- attacking offensively and scoring. I thought he played great. 
Part of that discipline, though, was sticking in the game plan of, hey, if Rui Hachimura can beat us with jumpers, so be it. And he hey, did. man. But that's the seen, game plan. We've seen Jaron fly into people and commit reckless, dumb fouls a lot. Like, he's yeah. in foul trouble a lot. And he was not remotely in foul trouble today, which was huge. And obviously, their chances of winning the series, if Jaws banged up, he has to stay that way going forward because he's got to be out there now. They can't yeah, afford so, to have him out there for. Well, look, I, I don't know how Jaws wrist feels or hand if it's his hand or his well, wrist. Well, here's the deal. Just let's let's just hit the facts on that injury. They're being very vague about it. They list it as a hand contusion, but uh, for the X-rays negative for sitting out. Yeah, when he sat out the season finale, but like they're going to list something for everybody, anyways. Sure. X-rays were negative. Jaw said the wrist is not. A concern it's just the hand which you okay. know it's the hand that he he previously injured so he re-injured that um he did not have any kind of wrap on it post game um there was not like noticeable bruising his tattoo on his hand i think it might be a tribute to austin reeves it says him um, <laughs> it was it was clearly visible clearly visible no bruising on that um you know obviously Hey, I have no doubt the guy is in pain, but X-rays negative. Um, didn't need uh, you know any kind of wrap or brace or anything post game. Two full days, you know, off in between games. Um, you know, well, hopefully he's out there for game two. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But like, it was interesting that Jaw was expressing so much doubt. That that was that was interesting. Well, the thing is, is that the Grizzlies always have confidence. So, a player expressing confidence he's going to play, or, you know, his teammates going to play. It's hard to read it because they're always confident. They'd right. be confident the way, even if he, yeah. he was had a broken arm. They'd be like, oh, well, well just, but, what what they, there are, the other thing is like, dude, Tyus Jones is a hell of a starting point guard who just comes off the yeah. bench. So like, listen, yeah. they performed Rank, well. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they performed well without, without yeah. last this year, year, right? Last year they were nineteen and four with, uh, with um, Tyus Jones in the starting lineup. This year they were thirteen and nine. Now you can say, well, hey, they only went one and two against the Warriors last year without Ja. And I say, yeah, they only went one and two against the Warriors with Ja last year in the playoffs too. Right. That's true. I mean, so, if, I mean, if it know. was just Ja Morant out for this series, I would feel pretty good about Memphis's chances. But you combine that with the losses of Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, and the the obvious lack of size they're already dealing with inside, and obviously showed itself right. in this game, then things really start to compound themselves. Yeah, they probably need Ja to play, and they need Ja to play better than he did today. When he did, there was a stretch during the third quarter when he kind of took over the game. I mm-hmm. uh, finished with 18 points. I think it was eight of 14 shooting. So that's not bad. That's pretty good. But two assists, six turnovers, like that ain't cutting it, man. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we had more unfortunate injuries in Milwaukee where we saw another road team win. Um, the Giannis play, I think it was in the second quarter. He, First quarter. And then he I came believe. back. I was at pregame. I didn't even. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, let me just say first, before we talk about Giannis, Jimmy Butler with the classic Jimmy Butler playoff game, because this is what Jimmy does. He had 37 points, 11 rebounds, three steals, 35 points, I should say. And as I mentioned earlier, Kevin Love hit four or seven threes at 18 points and eight rebounds off the bench. Think the Cavs, a seven defensive. You think the Cavs could have used 18 and eight off the bench? Probably. The Knicks, get one. Um, I did not see the honest injury, but obviously it was a big topic of conversation in the arena in Phoenix. I, by the time I was watching the game, Chris Middleton was playing and playing well, which could be relevant. Um, the, 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 the honest injury, notwithstanding, we also had Tyler hero breaking his hand and probably ending his season. Although mm-hmm. it depends probably on whether he needs surgery or not would be my guess. Um, but that's, you know, Miami is a team that sometimes have trouble scoring. And that's a guy who not only is one of their starters, but, you know, one of their, one of the guys who they can count on to, you know, be um, an instigator offensively. So that's a big setback for Miami. Um, a lot so of times I think you, you were played closer attention to this game than I did. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this one can't, I mean, obviously no Giannis is obviously a huge deal. Um, but this one really came down to Jimmy balled out and was fantastic. And Bam Adebayo, after a couple really rough offensive games in the playing tournament, was awesome in this game. Well, Bam had 17 rebounds in the win over Chicago. He, 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 I said rough offensive games. I think he scored six points. Okay. 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 You guys, he, it's late. <laughs> it's late for everybody. Don't get all feisty. No, I'm not getting feisty. Actually, go uh, ahead. <laughs> Got to keep you awake. You look tired out there in Memphis. Uh, no, but the Bam, Brooke Lopez is going to sit back and let Bam shoot these 8 to 10 or 12-foot little push floater shots because Bam, had, especially after Bam didn't hit anything last week, Bam hit those shots today, played great, and, you know, Miami won the game. I think if Giannis is back for game two, I suspect order will be restored pretty quick, and I actually think, Assuming Giannis is back, which we'll find out, X-rays are negative on him too. Um, the fact that Chris Middleton played as well as he did, I thought was a very good sign for Milwaukee going mm-hmm. forward. Um, but you know, when the best player in the world has a tailbone injury, a back injury, and has to leave the game, you know, it's not ideal, and got to wait and see what it looks like. Well, and Giannis is it was a pretty similar injury to uh, to Jaw. Just the fall was different, but. Attack the basket. Guy slides mm-hmm. in, take a charge right in front of the restricted area. Tough fall. Giannis goes thud on his back and, you know, tough play. He's been a little banged up recently, you know, with a couple of maladies. Yep. So who knows what he aggravated with that. You've had lambasts and maladies, and there was another word in there that was an impressive one earlier. You've had some good ones. Thank today. you. I really, that's so nice of you to say that. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot, actually. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, 
but I'm just saying, like, I, I was joking about the Knicks earlier, but like, <laughs> like if Giannis is, is out for any period of time, like <laughs> it's a pretty significant development. <laughs> I, I mean, it's say. more, it's more important than the outcome of this game with all due respect to Jimmy. Um, it's yes. Gonna oh, determine wait, wait, wait. You, you want to forecast uh heat Knicks, but Jimmy against Tibbs, but I think this series is going to, there's a long way to go. Yeah. By the way, Drew Holiday had 16 assists in this game. Um, I thought for a minute, I did watch a lot of the second half. I thought for a minute that Milwaukee might be able to make, they, they were down eight with eight to play. And then Miami pushed right back. Um, so that was. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to know, watch much, but there was like, I looked up and it was like a, it was a single digit game. And I thought Milwaukee was going to be able to take it. Alas, yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks made several surges in the second half. And every time the Heat were able to repel them and push them back, Bucks will be happy to get a couple days off for game two. Hopefully, get Giannis back. Mike Budenholzer said they were going to wait and see how he felt tomorrow. Didn't, I don't want to say it didn't seem like they were that concerned. Obviously, you're always concerned with Giannis, but I mean, felt like a little bit of a different mood, at least from afar, than it did in Memphis. So, all right, before we go, I wanted to ask real quick what you guys thought of the Warriors Kings game because that I, you know, I think this Clippers Suns game has some potential. I think Cavs Knicks played exactly how we thought it would in terms of at least being tight to the end. Um, and Warriors Kings was, you know, a very entertaining game. Mm-hmm. I uh, would love to sign up for more of that. Um, the, you know, De'Aaron Fox was terrific. Um, first playoff game. You're rarely going to see somebody in a playoff game play that well their first time out. I think he had 35 or no, second 38. highest score in playoff debut, tied for the second highest score in NBA history behind, behind only, Wilt. Uh, no, it was actually <laughs> Lucas 42 in the bubble. But yeah, even uh, that, it's like, it's not really Lucas' first playoff game because he played in them in, uh, you know, EuroLeague and all that. Right. Yeah. You're right. Also, playing a playoff game in the bubble is not quite the same in front of the yeah, screens totally of people. Um, I would be, I'm concerned if I'm the Warriors. And obviously, look, they're not going to panic, dynasty core, all those kind of things we understand. But I'm just saying, Sacramento won this game despite the fact that DeMontis Sabonis was nowhere near uh, the level that he played at all season. Like Sabonis stunk and the Kings were still able to win. That's pretty concerning from, from the Warriors' perspective. Uh, Malik Monk was also awesome. Well, that's game. the thing. Like, I, I, you know, if you think Rui Hachimura is keeps shooting like this, the Lakers are going to win out. If Malik Monk keeps out, keeps scoring 30 and goes 14 to 14 from the line, I think I like the, I like the B chances and eight, thir- eight, eight for 13 from the field. Uh, Malik Monk, Malik Monk, though, I would say has a, it, it's only a, a two-year track record now because obviously Charlotte didn't go well for him. But Malik Monk's got a two-year track record to make you believe like he can he can be an impact player. And yeah, Malik he's Monk was a, one of the great you know. signings of the summer for the Kings. Yeah, he's he's a good player. I just don't think he's going eight for thirteen for thirty-two points every right. game. And I don't I think do, Sabonis is going five. See, that's see, that's the thing. I sort of think that's what Demonis Sabonis is going to do in this series. This is a really bad matchup for him going up against Kevon Looney and against Draymond Green. Sabonis really succeeds when he's able to kind of muscle through guys and do his stuff in the lane. He can't do that with Draymond and with Looney. Um, Mm -hmm. He's probably not going to shoot five for 17 every game, but I don't think it's going to be a great series 
for him in general. And I actually coming out of that game felt really good if I'm Golden State because Andrew Wiggins looked awesome. And other than, other than three point shooting, yes. Well, I mean, he missed he missed some threes, but he looked great moving around. He looked he looked right. perfectly good athletically, flying around, making defensive plays. Mm-hmm. Played 28 minutes, didn't look winded at all. I'll be pretty stunned if he's not starting Monday night in game two. Right. And if he's playing 40 minutes, which I suspect he probably will be back to pretty quick, if not in game two, certainly by game three, I think things look a lot different mm-hmm. for Golden State going forward. I also, for as good as Darren Fox played, and he was awesome, it took Malik Monk having the game of his life and De'Aaron Fox playing a pretty much a perfect game for them to eke out a win. Well, he missed a couple of free throws in the last few minutes, which he got off. He got off the front. I mean, not that that's yeah, a, take a, a, take a, away the Cajones factor player of the year for those. Missed free throws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, and I think the Warriors played well. I don't think they played anywhere near a perfect game. So overall, I, I would feel pretty good if I'm golden state, obviously it would have been better to get that game in game one. Um, but I, I, the Wiggins thing I thought was particularly big. Yeah. I thought him looking really good and healthy and ready to go was a really big deal. Uh, Jordan there's pulled a rule, hurt his ankle and it's questionable for. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's a rule that requires the Warriors to actually win a road game to win this series. Well, I, I, I suspect they're going to win a road game. I will admit when it, you know, although it was a little, a one footer when Steph let that go, just when it, when it was leaving his hand, I was like, Oh my God, Steph's about it was to a one footer and a one hander. Yeah. I still thought like Steph's got to look at the rim with a game on the line. I thought that thing was going to go in and go, it was going to go in OT, which I was very concerned about because my flight was landing. <laughs> <laughs> The worst. Um, Game two uh, will be right, interesting well, Monday night. That'll be very right, interesting. Well, to see how that goes. Coming up on two thirty, so we got to give Jackson a fighting chance here. Are you Are um, you doing get up in the morning, Wendy? Yeah, get up starts in six out five and a half hours, and I'm on the roster. Are you going to have you enough know? time to apply your makeup? I still have some on from my post game TV. Should I just leave it on? You have some life you've got. Must have been a do-it-yourself job. Doesn't look so hot. <laughs> no, that's just my face. Um, yeah, I did the, your joke for you there. Uh, I don't. I, I don't have a. You, you have a makeup department and a hair. No, no, no. I, there, there, there's certain things that this beauty's all natural. <laughs> the only time the makeup is yeah. during my biannual visits to a studio. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening to Hoop Collective. Thanks for uh, staying up late, Jackson. And of course, Bon Thompson McMahon. It's some ungodly hour on the East Coast. So, um, I'm hey, who time, knows baby. what will <laughs> yeah, happen? I got to get some sleep before I go down to watch uh, Net Sixers Monday night. Probably won't be probably won't be as interesting as the games you guys were at. I wouldn't think. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well, who knows? Uh, we'll see. Let me just ask real quick. After you see that we have um, three underdogs that are. I mean, I guess were the Warriors are the Warriors considered the favorite in that I series? I didn't see what the line was well, on. That. Well, the Warrior the Warriors are the Warriors are favored to win Game Two on the road after losing Game One. So I would say they're the favorites in the series. Okay. All right. Well then. We have four underdog, five underdogs who are ahead. 
we have the the Knicks, the mm-hmm. Kings, mm-hmm. The, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Clippers. How can the Lakers be underdogs when you got to win in seventeen straight? Well, I don't know. They're not going to be underdogs if Jaws out. So I guess we got to wait to see for that. But at least at the start of the series, and they're probably not underdogs now either way. Okay, so how many of those? You are... can't pay attention because to the lines on the Lakers. Because no, they set I'm just them saying. To... I'm just no, saying. They were, in they, general, they were actually underdogs in the series, but it was. I'm close. saying was... they were slight. They were slight underdogs, and they won Game One. I, they're favorites. They're, okay. I'd say they're favorites. Of these in the five teams, now. who do we think's got the best shot to actually do it? Uh, I would say Lakers and Warriors. Well, we're saying the Kings are underdogs, I think. Uh, the Lakers. Oh, okay. Road the, teams that won then. Yeah. I, the Lakers, I think, are, are in the. In the confused. Well, now McMahon's all confused. The Lakers, are clear, the Lakers are clearly in the driver's seat to win that series now. Right. I mean, with Jaws status up in the air, with the way AD played, as long as AD is healthy and dominating, I mean, they're they're going to be in pole position, especially with Jaws status up in the air. Um, and after that, it's probably the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks have now beaten the Cavs four in a row. The one time the Cavs beat the Knicks, Kevin Love played great. Kevin Love is not there. And the Cavs will do some things better, like they got clobbered off on the offensive boards. The Knicks are good offensive rebounding, but it's not going to be that pronounced. Also, Evan Mobley missed eight shots in the paint. Yeah, the offensive rebounding might stay the same. Evan Mobley is going to play better and not miss a bunch of bunnies like he did in game one. But the Cavs bench is is atrocious and the Knicks bench is awesome and that's not going to change. And in the last three games now that they've played since the new year, that has gone the same way all three times. Once again, the Cavs um, starters outscored the Knicks pretty significantly. I think plus 15 mm-hmm. when the Cavs starters run the court. And I'm just going to say that um, Jalen Brunson played pretty well. He didn't play perfect. He, he was in foul well trouble in the, in the first half. half. Right. He, he was in foul trouble in the first half, and he was 11 of 24. So my point is this. He can play better. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Cav, you're wary that, you know, I mean, it would be one thing if, you know, last time Bronson had 48. And if he had 48 right. again, you're like, well, you know, it's pretty good. Like, Brunson can, can give more. <laughs> and the Cavs can give more too. But, you know, Brunson's upside's you know, pretty, pretty good. And Donovan so, had 38 and had six threes. I mean, he played, he played really well. Yeah. Donovan went through a, through a, um, a slump there in the, in the third quarter. But anyway, um, that series I think is going to be a long one. Uh, okay. Thank you to everybody for listening and we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Adios amigos.